This episode of Feminist Without Mystique is brought to you by Kobo. Imagine having your favorite bookstore with you wherever you go, or being able to access over 6 million titles at all times. At Rakuten Kobo, we're here to make your reading life better. Download the free Kobo app or read through one of our innovative e-readers. Imagine having all your favorite bookstores with you wherever you go or being able to access over 6 million titles at all times. At Rakuten Kobo, we're here to make your reading life better. Download the free Kobo app or read through one of our innovative e-readers. Shop the always open Kobo ebook store and easily integrate the power of reading into your everyday. Because stories can shape who you are and words can transform the world around you. Ready to elevate your reading world? Start reading with Kobo. So this sounds pretty awesome. I can't wait to try it. I also love that Kobo and Kobo Plus um, are available in Australia and New Zealand and Canada and Italy. And they have a whole bunch of different offerings depending on where you are geographically. There's the all you can read ebook subscription for our listeners in Australia and New Zealand. It starts with a 30-day free trial. And then afterwards it's $13.99 per month. And you can grow your library by adding as many titles as you'd like from the Kobo Plus Read Catalog, which has hundreds and thousands of titles. You can binge the popular classic and original titles all within their catalog and access the library anywhere on the free Kobo app for iOS or Android or any Kobo e-reader. So there are lots of different subscription models. You should definitely check it out. For our listeners in Canada, all models start with a 30-day free trial where you can immediately build your library by adding as many titles as you'd like from our extensive Kobo Plus catalog. So check it out. I, I'm super excited to check it out myself. I love that they have a whole bunch of romance, mystery, fiction, young adult, nonfiction, science fiction, just all these different, uh, a huge catalog, which I especially going into the holidays, I will be looking for different ways to access new titles and get away for a little cozy reading time. So check it out, Kobo Plus. Um, for listeners in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Italy, lots of different options for you. Um, Kobo, they're bringing everything that you love about reading at your local bookstore or at a cafe to the modern world. Check it out. where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we vent about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we end with something hopeful. And just a reminder to rate and review us on all the different social medias. We are Feminist Without Mystique on Instagram and at FWM Podcast on Twitter. Um, and if you want to support us financially, we are on <laughs> Kofi, K-O-F-I. <laughs> Cut us a check. <laughs> yeah, you could. You could. <laughs> you could. What if someone wants to just give us like a shit ton of money just for fun? And then oh we my can, gosh, like, that would be great. You know, plop it in those accounts. Uh, we could finish our website. Ooh, we pay could off pay my medical pump. bills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> babies are expensive to have gosh yeah Don't max out your deductible oh my god I can't even imagine I mean it's worth I... it though worth every dime 
I was just thinking how like pets are expensive mm-hmm. and um yeah. yeah. And that I mean at least you have insurance. A lot of times with pets you don't have insurance. I do, you know. Oh, we have do. pet insurance. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about pet insurance. <laughs> no. No, we not, are not. Not today. That's not today. next week for Maybe. Christmas. <laughs> a different day when you're deciding is my pet in critical in critical need mm-hmm. of assistance right now or is that too expensive and do I choose rolling the dice which I yeah. personally hate. Anyway, not what we're here. Not <laughs> not here to talk about pet mortality and No. Um we're here to talk about other things. Yeah, we are. Like, Kirsten <laughs> Cinema is an independent now. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hoo-wee. Um, I hate it. Um, <laughs> Campbell told me about it for some reason. He thought that that was a piece of information he was that was appropriate to communicate when I was still horizontal waking up. He was like, Oh, Kirsten cinema is now an independent. And I like springboarded out of bed in a rage that lasted the whole day. I fucking loathe her presence in politics. Like all of the wasted resources from all the grassroots organizations that worked so hard to get her elected in Arizona, which is like a purple state. It took so much to get her in. The Daily did a really great episode a long time ago that was sort of deep diving on her and how she has totally shapeshifted into this lobbyist responding corporate shill who doesn't stand for anything, doesn't meet with her constituents. Unlike Joe Manchin, who is infuriating in so many other ways, Joe Manchin, at least like he he's answerable to West Virginia and he's a Democrat and there's like no way. And normally he does. Often he votes with Democrats. And when he doesn't, it's infuriating. It's selfish. It's lots of bad things. But he says that he cares about the deficit or he'll like he'll use words and sometimes it's stupid. Often it's fucking stupid. But he'll be like, I care about the deficit. I don't feel like we're taking that seriously when we're talking about adding all this debt, you know, at the expense of saving, you know, trying to save save the environment um, from total catastrophe and other things that, you know, whatever um, that goes against his personal interests <laughs> in coal mining Virginia, whatever his own personal bank account is impacted potentially. But um, Kirsten Cinema doesn't even give like any sort of reason when she votes. She leaves it totally, totally up to her whims at the time. Um, and then when people criticize her, for instance, like when she flounced to the front of the um, the Senate floor to cast a negative vote on um, increasing the minimum wage, federal minimum wage to $15, and she did that downward thumb. Um, I think she she was trying to emulate John McCain when he did the downward thumb for um, voting against getting rid of <laughs> health care in 2017, but really she just looked like a total asshole. Um, and she called those... Um, she just told everyone like you're being sexist for criticizing me and I think you and I like I have such a viscerally negative it's like not being sexist you're just being kind of a trash bag who doesn't live up to your values anyway what do you think about it (laughs) (laughs) yes um wonderful yes I I concur I mean she's terrible and whatever um I don't the actual 
title change doesn't really bother me that much because outside of being frustrated with her as a person and Mm -hmm. like you campaigned as this to get elected now you're doing this like rude Mm -hmm. um but she's functionally like we never knew what she was gonna do so Mm -hmm. it's in my head she was in this other category anyway Mm -hmm. um so like sure go put yourself there um but I agree she's um terrible oh yeah and you just reminded me that yes there's that whole looking forward like how important it was to have uh the 51 votes and like how Mm -hmm. not having a power share agreement like we might now need to have a she said she'll caucus with democrats but like you said like and and so functionally not a lot changes aside from she's just officially officially shitty i thought she wasn't caucusing with anyone is what she said oh really because then i i read okay maybe i'm totally maybe i'm maybe i'm no let's let's find (laughs) let's get to the bottom of this let's get I don't have it written down, so I might be misremembering it, but I thought... No. Oh my gosh, I want to know. We have to know. <laughs> uh, nothing will change about my values or my behavior. Um, cool, we don't really know what your values okay. are, and your behavior sucked, so not thrilled about it. So it also means that Joe Manchin, like, when... <laughs> When Warnock won, I was like, great, Joe Manchin just shrunk a little bit, which I'm here for. And now it's like he is still just as important and holds pretty much the same amount of outsized influence as he always has. Um, Kirsten Cinema also, like, we don't know if she's going to run for re-election in 2024, but she, like... She's done so much damage to the Democratic um, organizing wing, I think, in Arizona. Like, Mm -hmm. so she's depressed the organizers so much, I think. Um, And she will be primaried in a big way, and I will financially contribute if if it's the last (laughs) thing I do. Um, Because in this moment, like, the fire (laughs) in my soul is would prefer a Republican in that seat because I just feel like she doesn't deserve to be she doesn't deserve to be there. She stands for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, to quote Hamilton, if you stand for nothing, what do you fall for? Anyway, moving Ooh, along. Hamilton moving, quote. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> um, I just find it. I find her. I find this insufferable. And I'm really and we've talked about this before. I'm so sick of people who are trying to claim some sort of like moral superior and intellectual superiority and high ground by being by labeling themselves a moderate like Mm -hmm. as if by calling themselves a moderate um they're somehow able to see things that everyone else isn't and like they're able to puzzle piece together both sides into some reasonable patchwork that like only the smartest among us would be able to comprehend and like the most even keeled and like that's the vibe that I get from her when I'm not getting the vibe of total chaos um and yeah I just um yeah, I resent her. I loathe her. And um, I hate this. <laughs> not not a fan then. But, yeah, not a fan. The no column. All right. <laughs> Put me in the no column. <laughs> so Sam Bankman freed. <laughs> you, when we were texting about what to talk about, you mentioned this. And I had seen, like, this is the shit that I've seen, like, pop up. And I'm like, I'm not clicking you right now. But, like, something's going on here. And then you sending that, I was like, all right, time to click. <laughs> um, 
because I didn't know what any of these words were. I didn't know who Sam Bankman Freed was or what FTX was, which apparently is a huge, one of the world's largest cryptocurrency exchanges. Uh-huh. And they've got their own cryptocurrency called FTT, I learned. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's based in the Bahamas. Um because I guess there are risky trading options not legal in the U.S. going on that were going on before it was shut down. Um, <laughs> and so Sam Bankman-Fried is the founder of FTX. Thirty. Yeah. Donate a lot of money to the Dems, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And there's the drama with um the chief executive of the other crypto exchange. Who like sold the stake that he had in FTX back to Mr. Bankman Freed and then got tokens, the FTT, and then he sold those tokens and was like, oh, I'm concerned about FTX's financial stability. And then a bunch of people withdrew and it all like collapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy, this shady guy, is like was like the main rival of FTX. So just kind of like destroyed the whole thing. Drama. Um, and I guess investigations went on and they found, uh, Mr. Bankman freed. They arrested him for lying to investors, committing fraud. And there's also civil charges, civil fraud charges from the SEC. Yeah. Uh, his parents were involved in a weird way. Yeah. Like all kinds of things. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I guess this is major. Um, yeah. a lot of drama, a lot of sketchy sketchiness i'm so out of the loop with cryptocurrency i am um, too <laughs> dogecoin i don't know um, <sighs> cryptocurrency makes me so tired <laughs> i just i don't have the energy for crypto no it's almost like we're talking about burnout later and like the definition of burnout in one of the sub definitions could be c rise in cryptocurrency <laughs> and, like the need to engage with that in any way shape or form to think that like anyone's financial futures has to be somehow tied to cryptocurrency is something that makes me want to take a nap or several yeah it's uh it's concerning one of the guys who was an investigator cleaning up after enron um said that the situation at ftx is even worse calling it a quote complete failure of corporate control he said Never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy uh, financial information as occurred here. From compromised systems integrity and faulty regulatory oversight to the concentration of control in the hands of a very small group of inexperienced, unsophisticated, and potentially compromised individuals, the situation is unprecedented. Um, It's kind of crazy... Uh, these types of situations always make me confused because I wonder, and I suppose we all wonder, like, how mm-hmm. did this collapse so quickly? And how were you not, like, fact-checked earlier when so much money is involved or so much even digital, like, currency? It's like, how are you getting away with this? And it seems like there's uh, – it seems like it – Um, and I'm just going to try to paraphrase, like, a different – some other podcaster talking about it but like Sam Bankman-Fried's been talking a lot publicly and mm-hmm. there's a suspicion that he's hoping that he gets charged for criminal negligence but not fraud or like mm. you know defrauding investors 
because that would be like way more jail time. It seems like maybe he was pretty cozy with Democrats, although he did donate to both parties, it seems. Um, but mm-hmm. in saying that cryptocurrency should be regulated, he is he was actually hoping to be like less regulated and managed to be in the middle of talking about regulation while benefiting from be like regulators being more lax with him. Like there would mm-hmm. be this understanding that because he was publicly pushing for regulation, he himself wouldn't have to like FTX wouldn't have the same regulations associated with them is kind of my understanding of part of this. <laughs> Very shady. Yeah. Do we feel bad for his parents? Do we not? I don't know. Like, did they know how, how does anyone, I mean, I really, this is a question that I don't have an answer to. Like, how would you actually know if your partner or family member was like defrauding people? How would you like, if you trusted that they knew what they were doing and it wasn't your business specifically, mm-hmm. like, at what point do you think you would, like, notice red flags? I don't I don't know. I would think at some point, right? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, wouldn't there be major behavior changes and, like, and, you know, things that you're buying? Or are you like, oh, we have so much money because you're so smart that you're doing something like... Oh, uh, I guess, yeah. You know? Or, like... I don't know. Like his dad went to Stanford law school and he's like, and his mom, I think is what Harvard. Like this is the type of thing where even after reading about it, I still can't like tell you. No, I started reading about it and I was like, I need to stop because like the time it will take for me to like learn all of this information that seems to be out here. And the more you look around, the more there's like, Oh, this angle. I was like, I got to, yeah. I got a clock got a clock out at some point. <laughs> no, it's just like a quick like it's basically like felt like okay, this has now been happening for like a month. Okay, maybe mm-hmm. we should talk about it briefly. Um I don't uh but I I, I look forward to seeing the 7,000 documentaries and Hulu dramas like miniseries that will be made mm-hmm. about it. I'm sure that will give me a much better sense when they put them together. I guess Michael Lewis, the author of The Big Short and Moneyball, was following him around like in the months before this. And someone tweeted like, brackets, Michael Lewis following you around. You, am I doing everything right? (laughs) (laughs) So he'll probably have a book. And um, I think the saddest thing is that a lot of people lost a lot of money, kind of like the Bernie Madoff. Mm-hmm. thing um so including the canada teachers union although maybe it was just one city like toronto i don't know if it was the i think it would be a bigger deal if it was all teachers pensions in all of canada but it certainly was like hundreds of millions of dollars of one subset of, of teachers in canada like and that's the type of thing where it's like uh-oh like where who gets to choose where your pensions are invested because that's the type of thing that when i start pulling at that thread it's like oh, um, <laughs> like, what am I going to, I'm just trusting a bunch of whoever's to make these decisions. Yeah. I don't love that. I would like to make my own, please. Yeah. Even if I don't know much about that, at least then you know what you know and what you don't know and you can make a calculated decision. But. Yeah. Precisely. Precisely. Anything else on this before we head over to Elon Musky Musk? Oh, my God. Um, no, let's move right along. 
he okay so before we get into the shit with Chappelle and the booing and all that jazz like uh-huh. a reminder circling back to the shit that Elon Musk has been up to yeah so obviously after he took over Twitter he laid off like half the staff um some of those people are suing um saying that there were multiple labor rights violations and then the staff that was left over they had to agree to that weird fucking like extremely hardcore work um Mm -hmm. and there are uh allegedly like makeshift bedrooms that he put in that's being investigated i guess Mm. um and then he goes and tweets about like something like he's offensive to people who are trans as well as anthony fauci Mm -hmm. and all humans really um and he tweets that fauci should be prosecuted and he writes that his pronouns are prosecute slash fauci um which is so fucking stupid Mm -hmm. i can't Mm -hmm. and he also went on this whole thing about how like he doesn't agree with pronouns and they're not nice because like you know why should someone have to ask you what it's just it was all very stupid um and ignorant and we hate him so he tweets that about Fauci, um, and like there's nothing, there's no reason for it. And then Fauci, which I loved, um, said that he doesn't pay attention to that when he was asked about it. It was just like Twitter sphere is a cesspool of misinformation, and you know, Fauci, Fauci stood up strong, rising above it, <laughs> rising above the muck. Um, oh. But he's just, yeah, Musk, he, like, repeated a QAnon conspiracy theory. Like, he's just talking about the woke mind virus. I mean. Yeah. (sighs) The whole thing about, like, he's putting people in a line of fire. um, Like, the one that you said about the QAnon conspiracy. That was, like, suggesting that the former trust and safety executive, Yul Roth's doctoral Mm -hmm. dissertation made him an advocate for child sexualization. And it's like, this is the type of thing that people have been harmed because due to this misinformation, like people take it, take them at their word. It's like Pizzagate. It's like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just a lot of people, it it empowers people to go on these like vigilante justice sprees, like lonely, misinformed people will take that seriously and, and like not just threaten um, Yul Roth on line but try to find him in real life like there's a real concern for that and i feel like it's deeply deeply irresponsible and dangerous for uh elon musk to continue to do this he also like when nancy pelosi's husband got like very badly attacked in their home he linked to some like totally uh debunked QAnon theory about everything like that um Pelosi was like Paul Pelosi was like having an affair and like there was like three people and like he was in his underwear for some like naughty reason you know it's like what what are you doing and then he deleted it but it's like but you're Elon Musk like you're you have a huge platform and a responsibility this is not like you're just some frat bro tech bro loser like I mean, he is a college guy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, he is. He is. He's just, but he continues to be so disappointing in, like, not understanding the sway that he has and the power that he has and and acting like a giant baby. Like, yeah. No, he is a giant baby. And he just really, 
watching him behave in the public sphere is just so it makes me so angry. He's just such a little he's just such a little sniveling asshole. Um taking got, up so much air. Yeah, so much. And so then he goes and he gets booed. Um Chappelle was doing a show and he, Elon Musk took the stage. Apparently this I cringe. I couldn't watch it. I couldn't Apparently, watch it either. He Too yelled, yeah, he yelled out um from like Chappelle's Rick James impression that I think everyone knows. I'm not gonna do it. But he says, I'm rich, bitch. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like he tried he did it like in the style. Uh. Um and then he got I loved reading this quote, loudly booed for several minutes. Um <sighs> and I guess um at one point uh when he was starting to try to speak when Elon Musk was, Chappelle said do you don't say anything do you hear that it's the sound of pending civil unrest which is like a joke he made but still like kind of you know maybe 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 that's what's happening soon like i um but then afterwards he uh, like elon musk claimed that it was 90 percent cheers and 10 percent booze yeah which is just like oh my gosh and every and then he'll just return to a group of people who are gonna yes him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're right. It was it was only ten percent booze. They just were loud. Like, yeah. But he said like, for you know, but that's still a lot of booze, which is a first for me in real life. Parentheses frequent on Twitter. He tweeted, but then he mm-hmm. was like, it's almost like as if I offended San Francisco's unhinged leftist. But nah, you know, it doesn't seem like people were all booing him for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of what I think there was like an NBC piece or CNN or anyway, there was some article that was basically like that had interviewed people who were at the show and mm-hmm. only identified them by their first names, but did confirm based on their tickets that they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all said that they were booing for different reasons. They all gave different reasons for booing mm-hmm. some because of the Twitter layoff, some because of his like, sort of transphobia and anti-Fauci rhetoric, some mm-hmm. for, uh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> There's like, so many reasons. There are lots to of reasons. <laughs> not just dislike the man, but to really be vehemently against everything he stands for. Because he just does, he he really covers the gamut in terms of being shitty. Like, it's not just one thing. It's There's plenty. And honestly, like, t- did we or did we not talk about Chappelle when he just recently had an SNL sketch sketch that veered into anti-Semitism? I don't know if we actually I talked about it. I don't think we it. talked about it. I watched that and, mm-hmm. like, I've watched his Netflix special. We talked about his Netflix special. I I have a wide – I feel like I give comedians a very wide berth on free speech while still criticizing them for what they've said. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that's something where – we all have the right to say, fuck you. That was like in really poor taste, but whether or not you should be like arrested or like torn down for saying it is, is a different question up in the air, mm-hmm. up for debate. And honestly, very frustrating that he takes all of his talent as a comedian and like has decided to sort of sour into this, mm-hmm. like, or like let it all calcify into this sort of just bitter like fixation with like cancel culture and like the woke mob that kind of like intersects with what elon musk Mm -hmm. says he hates about the world um and then together they can like just decide that the story is there's 
like the woke mob canceling everyone and we can't talk, can't say anything anymore. And like the usual, very tired uh, rhetoric of people who are just being called out for hateful, um, for their hateful jokes and perspectives. And I do, I, I worry, like, I don't think Chappelle is the same as Kanye by any means, but I do think like the anti-Semitism his jokes, like his SNL sketch, like moved into anti-Semitism very subtly, like, and then it was all at once, like it shifted. And there was a place where I was like, okay, this is bad, but is it, am I being like so sensitive? Is this me being like having all my antennas up? Mm -hmm. And then after like one minute of thinking that it moved into like what I felt was unambiguous, anti-Semitism that there's no space for, which then means that there's really no space for any of it because that's what he was getting at the whole time. Um, right. Anyway, I, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but I, I, I'm disappointed in Chappelle and I, and I think about how there was when he went on a hiatus, which he said was retirement a while back. He said that he just didn't want to become like he, he was at like the top of his game and he didn't want to become like a rich asshole basically that people were hating Mm-hmm. And it's so odd then that he would almost embrace this sort of, yeah, I am that rich. I'm rich bitch. I'm a rich asshole. And I'm bringing Elon Musk of all people in this moment on stage in San Francisco. Like what? I I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't with it. He's Chevelle's really disappointing. Cause like we talked about in our episode um, after his <laughs> special, mm-hmm. like he's, he can do better you know it's like he's smarter than this and he's better than this and like stop well and with a special I mean we talk again we talked about it see <laughs> episode whatever insert episode um he obviously in fixating on this issue there's an element of like where I feel myself like really pulling for him is like he's really grappling with this he mm-hmm. he's hearing the criticism but he's he's not really taking in the criticism. He's more like knee-jerk reacting against it or maybe not so knee-jerk because he, he put a whole special out about it. He he has put himself in a like hunkered defensive posture in which he is right and everyone criticizing him is wrong and he has a few meaningful anecdotes to sort of support his worldview on, on why he is not transphobic. Um... And it's like, he's almost there. Like his thought process, he goes Mm -hmm. right up to like almost getting it. And then he just doubles down on not getting it. And it's so sad. Yeah. Precisely. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Great. I'm sure, I'm sure that's not the last we'll discuss Chappelle or Elon Musk. They insist on Uh, constantly being in the spotlight to ruffle people's feathers. (laughs) To what end, Elon? Like, what are you going to, like, just stop. Just, just cool your jets. I don't, donate your money and other stuff. Like focus on interesting tech that, you know, be a disruptor in like a good way with the, like towards an environmental impact. Mm -hmm. Like you have so much money. Just do something. Like, you didn't have to get like. Why did you fuck with Twitter? That's a whole thing that I think I haven't even processed. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. I I I haven't even had time. Like, and well, this is a great 
like basically entree into burnout but oh segue alert segue <laughs> alert <laughs> i i have not really been on twitter a lot recently because it's so degrade the user experience is so degraded and i'm just like a basic twitter person who was really enjoying it for a long time and who has wanted to stick around thinking like maybe he'll just like edit undo some of the shit mm. that he's done but you can't people bought blue check marks and so now there's like all these fucking random blue check marks it's like great i've lost like any sense of who is like an authority or who's a public figure and that mm-hmm. that's like that alone anyway um but it makes me really frustrated because that was a so- that was a source where i i did go for news and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of derailed my connection to what's going on in the world because I'm not going on Twitter with such, with the same regularity. Yeah. No, I hear you. And then the scary shit about like what they're going to potentially allow to happen on Twitter, you know, <laughs> um, is also it's, he, he really has to ruin something that was like, it was fucking Twitter, you know? Yeah. It had uh, issues. Not saying it didn't. It certainly oh, was a, sure talk successful in a lot of ways. But absolutely, uh, <laughs> it was. You know, it wasn't wasn't heaven on earth. It, no. was, it had its it had its you know its moments. But at least there were like repercussions for um, like hate speech and blatant misinformation. Yeah, you know, because allegedly, I think there are some types of hate speech maybe you can't do, but like the N word gets thrown around apparently all the time now, and that's fine. Like, <sighs> really? I thankfully haven't seen that. Yeah, know. I um, guess. I guess after Elon Musk took over, I mean, back, you know, back in the day, whenever the fuck that was. Oh my god! Right, <laughs> like November. The, yeah, the tweets with the N word went up. Like, I don't know what percentage. Um, I don't know if that was a one-time spank or or what, but. <sighs> apparently there's data i'm not gonna remember where i saw this but i was i was like contesting this i think and then campbell told me uh no the when i think when the n-word spiked it was because this doesn't make it better it just makes it mm-hmm. very weird in a different layered way but like people were like just flooding it so that twitter would in a moment where they had like less engineers mm-hmm. and less like l- was less equipped to to get that stuff that hate yeah. hate speech down um people are just like quote unquote just oh, testing great. it it's now like, it's now it's my time <laughs> yeah it's like okay whoever's doing that is like equally bad um it's just a different flavor you know <laughs> yeah that's a fun flavor <laughs> yeah yeah uh, all these stories just have so many different like levels. It's mm-hmm. it's an onion, lots of layers, <laughs> lots of onions here. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, well, burnout. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny, you know. We were thinking about topics for this week, and I was really just—I mean, the news has totally like mushed together for me, and that's probably mm-hmm. because Twitter has been not a source of like being able to stay keep a daily pulse it's sort of just yeah i'm feeling a little like um unmoored in that way but uh with the holidays coming up and like all sorts of um priorities are bubbling up for like getting things done for the end of the mm-hmm. year and looking to next year and busyness and anyway i was just kind of reflecting on how burnt out I'm feeling personally um, and how 
you know, basically just wanted to discuss like discuss burnout a little bit. And I, I was reading a couple of different um it seems like the definition is expanding and expanding in a way that would mm-hmm. make Elon Musk and Dave Chappelle be like, ah, like lazy, woke people discussing like what burnout is, is, mm-hmm. you know, but it was sort of like, well, no, I think that that's, I, I was reading it and being like, I really feel like what I'm experiencing is like whatever the definition of burnout is, which is just like a sustained period of like a lot of work, inability to eat well or exercise. And like, just because of, tons of work and uh you know new puppy which is totally has a lot of stuff going on um weird pressures around like wedding stuff and feeling like I want to like I gained a little weight because of all the cascading effects of lots of different things and feeling like that like makes me feel even more out of control um and and then it totally trickles into like this podcast, like, cause I feel mm-hmm. like I haven't been able to do anything other than like the bare minimum of edit it, like discuss, which is like one of the highlights of my week is our, like our like podcast recordings. But, um, just then I just edit it and get it out and haven't been able to like sort of do anything around general basic marketing or anyway. So this is more like a, therapy sesh about burnout but um (laughs) that's that's all to say that that's kind of why burnout was was top of mind for me today yeah no I hear you I and I think burnout is a word that you know I I first heard I think about nursing when I was getting into the field because I think you know healthcare is where the term originated and then it was like all right well this applies to people doing everything um Mm -hmm. so I've I find myself sometimes it's like, I don't, am I burnt out or am I just like tired? What's the dip? You know, like, am I just stressed or am I burnt down or is this just normal? Am I, mm, what's happening? Yeah. Um, and I've never actually looked up like, what is the actual difference between like burnout and stress or whatever? Cause like whatever's happening is happening. I'm just <laughs> yeah going about, but I guess, um, and there are different definitions, but they all, there are, there's some overlap. Um, and typically it's when their burnout is when there's like an extended period of stress that feels like it can't be ameliorated. Mm-hmm. So if it's like short lived stress or if it's tied to like a short term goal, um, and you know, then it's maybe just a short term stress rather than burnout. Um, but if it comes with the stress comes with never ending feelings of emptiness or seemingly never ending, uh, but feelings of emptiness, apathy, and hopelessness, it could be burnout. But then I saw something else that was saying, no, that would be depression, not burnout. Burnout is specific to either work or some other thing. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if you're burnt out at work, it's not isolated to work because we're humans and not little like compartmentalized beings, you know, like, yeah, you can't just be like, well, I guess I'm burnt out at work. Anyway, now I'm home and yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. feeling great. Or, um, yeah. So, so I don't know. It's like, I feel in my newer job, I like a lot of things about it way better already. Um, but it's like at the end of the day, I just want to work less, yep. you know? So it's like, <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, 
you know, and it's and it is stressful work, but it's like I just want to do this two days a week, but like boo-hoo, I can't. And also like fuck the fucking five day, forty hour work week. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Other places are doing like four day work weeks and people are more efficient. Um mm-hmm. there's like a pilot study in Europe somewhere and the vast majority of the uh, workplaces that implemented the four day work week kept it. Mm. Um People are just, they get their shit done. Yep. Um, and I advocate for myself a two-day work week. <laughs> Pay me the same wages. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it is, I mean, it's hard, I feel like, not to, and I feel like I've heard burnout talked about and felt more in the last few years than historically in mm-hmm. my life. And granted, you know, now I'm in my 30s. Um, mm-hmm. But which is a time when all sorts of life things can build. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We've had lots of time in the workforce to be there. Um, (laughs) What's the phrase? Be there? (laughs) Yes. Just sort of be there. Um, Stuck so that you can earn a wage and like literally have a place to live and food Mm -hmm. to eat and I was talking to my husband about like in our house apparently some of the wiring I didn't fucking know this the electrical wiring is cloth wiring which can be like a severe fucking fire hazard oh um we have but then I was looking into it more first I saw that and I was like how could we be doing this and Charlie's like it's like 20 grand to fix it he's like I'm like we should live somewhere safe. He's like, this is the safest house we can afford. <laughs> just oh like, Jesus fuck? Christ! Um, I know, awful. And then I looked into it and I was like, okay, um, cloth electrical wiring is more dangerous uh, than uh. traditional, but there are varying degrees, and like an electrician can kind of tell. Um, so we did have an electrician here who didn't say our house is about to explode. So Great. we're going to circle back, do some more research. Tangent. Anyway. Oh my um, God. No, stressful. Adding to a little, you're like, didn't have that on my list. Yeah. Now it is in a but big just way. Like, yeah. The need to work. And it's like working to afford, like, you know, I think I was reading like to be considered making enough money that you're not really worried about money for like a family of three. It's like over 300,000 a year. Yeah. Is, that makes sense. Yeah just so much more than we make a lot (laughs) but like it's so expensive to be in so it's like obviously you have to work like you can't just in this capitalist hellscape we reside in um and so it's like i feel like burnout is so tough because it's like what when it feels like there is no out, you know, yeah. cause you can't like just take a <laughs> mental health day. Like there yeah. are these companies that are like, we offer one mental health day a year. Look at us fucking go. Um, which apparently is only 9% of companies, but apparently 30% are considering U S companies, um, adding the option for a single. <laughs> oh, day. here's a secret. If you don't offer it, I'm going to take it and it's going to just mm-hmm. be called a hell uh, a sick day. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be a sick day. Well, and that's, and the thing is like the solution, is not a single, I mean, paid time off is vital, mm-hmm. but the solution is just like a sustainable work environment and job, mm-hmm. um, which like kind of luck at the draw and mm-hmm. privilege in some instances as to whether that's, you know, if you can be in a situation that's like sustainable and feels good to be in. Oh my gosh. You know, and I, 
I thought this was interesting um, that the primary themes in burnout research fit into six specific categories of work life. So like when the balance is off in these um, in these areas, you're more prone to burnout. So workload, obviously, mm-hmm. um, control, mm-hmm. reward, community, fairness and values. Um, Wait, say and- them again. Yeah, so workload, uh-huh. which like yeah, yeah, uh, control, yep, um, reward, yep, community, yep, fairness, mm-hmm. and values. And mm. so, if any of them are off kilter, or if a lot of them are, or if some are like super off kilter, that's when you're more sort of prone to to burnout which makes sense i mean if you if your workload is high you feel like you have no control no rewards no community no fairness and no value like yeah yeah bye that's That's awful pretty tough (laughs) thankfully yeah yeah, it's like but right if any of them are off it contributes Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like just looking like looking at burnout today um you know if you search if you look it up initially and you're reading about like the phenomenon and you switch to like the news view to see like what's been written about it. And it's like just in the last like month there are all these articles about like teacher burnout, healthcare worker burnout, human burnout, like just all across the board. Like, and then little articles that go eight ways to fight burnout before the end of the year. um, Before the end of the year. (laughs) You can still pressure. (laughs) Oh my God. Beat that burnout. Beat Um, that burnout. Yeah. It's such a, and it's always been a thing, but it's also like when you think about the world that we live in and how inherently fucking stressful it is. Yeah. Um, not just economically, but you think about the environment and, you know, you think about social justice issues that are, you know, being, you know, civil rights shit. Yeah. Legislation against trans people. Um, racist shit, misogynistic shit, shit everywhere. Um, yeah. Ice caps, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Ice caps, etc. Yeah, it's hard. It's a uh, hard not to feel that stress. And if you keep that, <laughs> you know, and then you just want you want to have time to like enjoy your life, and you want to have resources to do it. But like, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. It just like cascades and cascades and cascades. And then if you isolate like one moment or like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the last, like as I was going to sleep last night, both Campbell and I are very stressed just because there's been a, like, you know, it's been a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we both have work stuff that's been just a pile on too. And so anyway, he had like, he just could not go to sleep and I couldn't really go to sleep. And like we tried, I was listening to something. He was, had his, I mask on and whatever. He couldn't go to sleep. I had to turn my podcast down. Usually, like, with his noise-canceling headphones, it's fine. Anyway, then at, like, 2 a.m., he was like, I just can't. <laughs> I just can't sleep. I have got to ask for an extension on this work. Mm-hmm. So he emails, like, the lawyer at, like, 2 a.m. And so he's like – and then it's like, okay, I just sent that. I'm like, okay. And then we go back to sleep. And, like, throughout him waking up and not being able to sleep and then me – what my anxiety often I have dreams that manifest in um my anxious they're they're never good dreams they're always anxiety dreams um that my like the what's the recurring dreams are mm-hmm. including like planes or moving through an airport and 
being on a plane or on an elevator and like those types of like movements Mm -hmm. and navigating that. Um, So I had like basically an ongoing dream that just would occasionally get interrupted if Campbell would say something and, you know, his stress of last night. But then I would just slip right back into this dream where it's like, uh, you know, we have a carry on and we have to, we, we got there, we forgot one thing, we've got to go back an hour. And like, it's just like, why must sleep be burdened in such a way? I woke Uh, up and was like, Jesus Christ. It is freaking terrible when you're like, I don't even have the sweet respite of sleep. (laughs) I have, what do I have? No, it's off. Like in the beginning, the beginning days of COVID before, before I got pregnant with my daughter for a full year, every time I went to sleep, I had night, like nightmares. And I was just like, is this just like how my shit is now? Cause like after like a few nights, you're like, oh, that's too bad. And then after a few weeks, you're like, what the fuck? And then months, and then it's like a year and you're like, I, where are the good dreams these are all terrifying like terrifying dreams oh my god like shooters are coming after you and shit like that and you're on the run always on the run and then i got pregnant and the bad dreams stop everyone get pregnant pregnant. (laughs) your bad dreams will stop and they did and um you know i've had a handful since then but it's you know it's been two years and it doesn't happen anymore. So I don't know what the the point of that. I guess it was really wow. hard having spooky dreams every night. And nice that at least in pregnancy they stopped. They did. Can you imagine yeah. having just being pregnant and so waking hours are tough? Then nighttime is a night is a little night- nightmare. Oh my god! Yeah, having like night terrors or something, nightmares when you're no. pregnant. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like when you don't have when you don't have a true respite. You know. Um, it's hard or like with you know with burnout it's like I feel like if on if all day Sunday you're like ah fuck tomorrow yeah (laughs) you know like that's certainly a vibe um (laughs) weekend day that you're like dreading of the week what a waste I know end of day Friday huh well it'll just be Monday before I know it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I just like what is the solution it's like there are all these those like little articles like tips to to fight burnout but they're all just like get organized beginning of the week and like you know it's like we don't that's not certainly if you have like an like efficient work system or you're able to that helps what's the next tip but like (laughs) well because the only real tip is like get rich yeah you know get rich and quit and like do whatever you want and be tied to no man or corporation or entity otherwise not (laughs) that's the other odd thing about when you see people like elon musk like putting himself through this it's like why you don't have to you're so rich why would you do this to yourself i know it's like (laughs) donate a bunch of money have some passion projects that aren't like creepy weird villain shit and like yeah. Just live your life. God, you don't need to do all this. It's so much. It's so much. Your dad doesn't like you. It's not going to change. I know. You don't see Mackenzie Scott like needing to be the center of attention and like fuck up entire global social networks. Like, No, she's just like, here's some money to a worthy cause. I'm going to keep doing this for until I'm out. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh um, so what's the so what's the answer? What is the answer? I have no <laughs> idea what the answer is. Except How do we the- solve burnout? 
like <laughs> I think maybe the only answer there's this is not an answer. It's a coping mechanism is like I feel like I just yesterday identified like I was feeling so overwhelmed and like I just feel like I'm not really bringing my best self to work or for or, or like this podcast, you know, in terms of research, like I used to do so much research for our topics. And like recently I've been like I have seven tabs open that I've really wanted to read but mm-hmm. haven't fully digested. Um, there's like friends bachelorette doodle polls that I haven't gotten like I missed like someone was like hey Marianne just checking on uh if you want to be included there and if you have like there's another doodle poll with a budget and I was like what I'm totally missed that other email Mm -hmm. that's not like me to like miss a friend's email about like you know and then I was looking back and I was like I don't see it and then I got distracted and then there's like texts that I haven't responded Mm -hmm. to and like one of my friends me asked for like a um I haven't gone back to the text because anxiety I was like oh my god I was gonna send that like a week ago but it was like Mm -hmm. something for an assignment about how she's a great worker and all these positive attributes that she has and I was like so jazzed to write about it Mm-hmm. And I was like, so many things, like, I will get back to you. And then the whole week, like, throughout every single day, I was like, oh, my God, I have to do this. I don't know when I'm going to do it. I should ask her when the deadline is. And then, like, that hasn't happened. And it's been, like, a week and a half. So it's just, like, I, I think burnout, it feels like when I, lo- like, line up all of the things and, like, stuff with Frolic that I haven't been on top of and whatever – there's like and the wedding wedding stuff and house stuff and puppy stuff and bah, like I line it all up and it's like I'm not feeling like myself in terms of how mm. on it I usually am and there's like a feeling of distance a feeling of like everything is like a hundred percent out of control <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and I think like at least this is the first time I've actually felt like I identifiably like feels like I'm I'm burnt out like by the mm-hmm. de- from the definition. And from what I'm feeling that's, like, distant from who I feel like I generally am and how I operate, this is the first time I've been, like, yeah. And I think that maybe that's helpful to say out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people – I don't think it's overused. I think we're all burnt out in different no, ways. No, I don't think like, it is. I you know? think it's just happening. <laughs> yeah. So just acknowledging that and maybe being, like, okay with – like, yesterday or a couple of days ago – I feel like we're both t- like, and I certainly embody like the millennial on TikTok that keeps getting made fun of. That's like, sure, I'm I'm gonna unplug, but like not unplugging, and like I can get back to you at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. with this, and like that. We both sent work texts at the beginning of this. We did. We did. <laughs> um, responded to work texts. Responded to work texts. I realized as we're recording that I forgot to close my Microsoft Office, so like emails are just popping up that I'm ignoring, but I my eye sees them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a problem. Um. But I and I and with work, like finally, I someone basically had to outright ask, like Maria, would it be helpful if someone else took like that edit? You know, do you need mm-hmm. someone else? Would and like somehow asking for help or communicating boundaries or like needs feels like a weakness or it feels like mm-hmm. I can't do it and it when I know I can, but it's like but would it be easier? Are you like at capacity? You know, I don't know. Just being a little bit better in 2023 about what realistically what I can and can't do is going to be, I think, important. <laughs> like, 
it's yeah, it is hard, you know, and it's like and you, you want to especially when I feel like our worth is tied so much up in how productive we are and like mm-hmm. what does productive mean and how you measure it and what you pay attention to, what you what tasks are more important than others. Um and I feel like culturally there's been sort of a the beginnings of a reckoning with that which mm-hmm. in to the extreme is like what people make fun of you know mm-hmm. where it's like oh like overly overly sensitive like oh you feel a little <laughs> chilly so you have to take your sick day you know like that idea even though I don't actually really see, I've never I don't see that in practice yeah that like overly I don't, you know, and I work with, there's, there's some Gen Z youths I work yeah. <laughs> with for the most part, it's millennials and Gen X, um, you boomers in the mix, but <laughs> I don't see that sort of like snowflakey, overly sensitive, whatever that, that I feel like they talk about all the time. I'm sure it exists. All mm-hmm. human extremes do, but what I've seen that I really resonated or that I you know, hope to implement more is like just this having more kindness for yourself, um, paying attention to what your limits are and like honoring that instead of doing all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause it's hard. And then when you feel like you have to do all the things, but you can't do all the things or you can't do them all the way you want to do them. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like a failure because you can't create all these perfect things. And you're like, well, then I'm not even going to try to create the things because mm-hmm. they're not going to be the way I want them to be. Um, and then Boy. it's like, oh, shoot, now I have to do all these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like this. Um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough out there. It's tough out there. That's, yeah, it's just so well said. And it's, for some reason, it's so much easier to talk about these concepts when it's theoretical, but when you're like, no, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm feeling because I haven't responded to friends or doodle Mm -hmm. polls or like work stuff um, or like I feel fat and like, ah, like haven't been able to cook any good meals recently. Mm -hmm. Like it's just all very, uh, very personal and, uh, I don't know. Failure-y. It sucks feeling like that. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's like the thing that's provided me the most like grounding and stuff of working out. Like I haven't done in a while. Mm -hmm. And it's like when it was like switching jobs and then getting sick and like all these things that it's like one thing after another and they're all valid, but then it starts to feel like excuses, but it's like, I don't want to not do it, but Mm -hmm. like finding the time to do it before work when I start work at seven and have to like be there, you know, yep. it's like really challenging. Um, but it's that or like kind of late at night, which isn't really my thing. Yeah. Um, and so just finding the time in like a normal week is hard to do. And then when you add like any other, like any complicating factor, it's like, well, fuck. Yeah. Um, and then you just don't feel as good. And then it like seeps into every area of your life. Um, you know, and then you're stressed with work and whatever is going on in, in life. And like, oh my gosh, yeah, there's so many, at any given time, like there are like 12 tabs open in my mind of things that I'm like, I need, I should have fucking done that already. Yep. You know, and some of them go back 24 hours. Some of them probably go back years. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are binders, <laughs> binders of woman thoughts um, <laughs> in this brain. And it's like. 
yeah, the things. Like I used to have a problem like getting my fucking mail or going through my mail. Uh, it's like yeah. I would just like get the mail and put it because it it would be like this was a time in life where like I know there are bills in there that I can't fucking pay. So like yep. I don't want to see it. What's it gonna do? It just it stressed me out. Yeah. Um, and I had to unlearn that fucking habit. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like I don't have the energy to do this and doing this is not going to serve me in any way. Yeah. But then it's the anxiety of having the piles of yep. unfucking paid bills, you know? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and then there's even things you want to do. It's like my nieces yeah. and nephews, their Christmas presents. It takes me a while to pick out a present for it. Like I got tabs, I've got thoughts, you know, yes. and it's like, I feel like I've gotten, almost almost decided and then like oh but I haven't, I'm not decided and then I go to you know I have something else I have to do and then I don't come back to it for days I'm like what was I gonna get this one you know yeah. there's so many or um, maybe it's sold out you're like oh can't yeah. deliver before Christmas now good right. for me exactly because now we're a fucking like a week and some change out so yeah. now we're getting to the point where you're like okay do I have to pay express shipping right um right because that shit can that can add cool, that twenty dollars or, or even more real quick real quick real quick <laughs> real quick and it's like you know and i enjoy i do it like i enjoy shopping in a lot of senses but it's also like oh my god there's just so many things to do yeah all the time and ever and it's just like oh gosh if everyone oh. just had like enough money to chill yep um yep. <laughs> That'd be great. That would be great. <laughs> I would still like, I would still like, I would still work and I would still like, you know, go be a productive member of society. But like, I need to recharge my batteries. You know yeah. what I mean? Before yep. I can plug you in, you know? <laughs> For sure. Ugh. Oh man. Well, there's so much, there's so much to say. And then also it's just like, we've, you know, it's, it's a lot, uh, yeah. burnout, burnout. Um, I hope everyone, you know, I hope you and I get some good rest over these holidays, mm-hmm. um, for listeners. Um, oh. <laughs> I think we'll probably have our next two, possibly three. I have to look at the calendar. We'll be, really fun interviews that we've had with um, authors from the Miami book fair, which um, I haven't, <laughs> I didn't release because of a LOL burnout. Um, they... No, we were planning it as a, as a Christmas present or it... a Hanukkah <laughs> present or a holiday present. Yeah. Um, we had some great conversations with some really fun authors and um, they were at the Miami book fair. Sorry about that. Um <laughs> <laughs> but um I hope we hope you enjoy them and um gosh so yeah I hope everyone has like a good 2023 and we uh we'll move into we see yous. We sure will. All right. <laughs> um this one I mean they're always bad to some extent but mm-hmm. a bipartisan Senate investigation found widespread sexual abuse of women in prison by the male wardens um <laughs> So we've heard like stories of this over the years, but apparently this investigation found widespread um, and they found that there are flaws in how allegations when they're made are investigated and how they're punished. Um, And apparently this uh, investigation found this abuse at 
least um, two thirds of the federal facilities that housed women over the past decade. Ugh. So seems like some oh. systematic uh, failures there. Yeah. Um, like I said, we've heard some stories here and there over the years, um, but those stories and even the study won't capture all of the instances where, you know, abuse took place. And it's, it's so disgusting to think that, you know, a girl or woman is in custody and has no like means to defend herself, mm-hmm. um, limited voice to speak up, possible ramifications, um, and then to be sexually abused by offers that officers that theoretically should be having your safety mm-hmm. <laughs> kept, you know, keeping that in mind. Um, it's really disgusting. And it's like the prison industrial complex continues to prey on on people um and i think we need to fucking revamp the whole system because obviously there need to be jails (laughs) yeah and prisons like Mm -hmm. i'm not not saying there don't need to be but like can we hire people and who are not going to do this and if it's happening Mm -hmm. can there be systems in place to catch it quickly yep um i think that's the key there Mm -hmm. it seems like it was the culture more so to let it happen than mm-hmm. to speak up and do something about it. Um, so if we could please uh, do something about that. And of course, restorative yeah. justice would be great in emphasizing that. Yeah. Um, but we see you to this at least two thirds of federal facilities that house women um, and anyone who, yeah, fuck. See you. We see you. That's awful. Anytime I think about like, the prison industrial complex uh um fucked up because like i agree with you there are bad people who should not be in society Mm -hmm. like uh but also like like freely roaming around Mm -hmm. society inflicting pain on other people um but also the fact that we just take for like for a given that there's rampant abuse in Mm -hmm these prisons and um is like really scary to me and that there's like violence like prisoner on prisoner violence like it's very very upsetting it's a it's like a a content topic that i really hate um Mm -hmm. in tv shows where it's like then you're sent to prison where there's inevitably tons of fucking sanctioned violence it's like yeah what can we not have this be a thing (laughs) that we accept other countries don't have that yeah, I it's mean, not some everywhere. Do, some do, but some yeah, don't. Yeah, Russia. Yeah. I mean, ugh. Anyway. Uh, okay. Um, my first we see you is to a man named Bruce Friedman, who um, is a, like, longtime resident of New York, but he moved to Clay County, Clay County Florida, earlier this year. Um, and ha- so far this year, his through his actions, 102 books have been removed from uh, school libraries in Clay County. Um, they were removed at his request. He's a conservative activist. Um, and he basically threatened, he said that libraries have um, poisonous content. And he compiled a group that, that or he compiled a list that's um, of over 
3,600 titles that he believes has concerning content, including porn, critical race theory, and social, social emotional learning and fluid gender. And he said uh, that the Department of Education should clean up this mess um, or he will overwhelm them with all of these uh, requests, 3,600 requests to remove books from schools. Um, one such book is The Girl from the Sea, which is an award-winning graphic novel about a 15-year-old who develops romantic feelings for another girl. The two girls hold hands and at one point share a kiss. There's no sex, no swearing, no nudity. Um, but, you know, Friedman says that the book is, quote, slightly post-pubescent little lesbians. <laughs> like, I, I, uh, yeah. And, quote, a land of girls making out with great illustrations. Like, okay. Um, so he also says about this book that students should not be, quote, focused on kissing or petting or anything in that general territory. Oh, um, so anyway, petting. he's petting. I can't with people and petting. Petting. Come on. He, he, just because you use that word, you shouldn't be taken seriously. Um, but he's one of many people, um, in places like Florida and Texas who are overwhelming libraries, local libraries, local school districts with all of these requests to remove books and content. One of my pet peeves, and it has been since eighth grade when I wrote an essay on it is censorship (laughs) of books. Mm -hmm. I really, really hate it. I think it's like 100% like on the, like a very high up um, indicator that you're moving in sort of a direction of authoritarianism, fascism, like to take books out of libraries and schools based on the content. Um, and anything that is asked to be removed, I immediately would like fight to the death for it to remain. Um, because yeah, I mean, people who are afraid of, afraid of thoughts, um, you know, wanting to be thought police, uh, you know, it has no place in a free society. Um, and, uh, yeah, this whole, there's a whole very scary movement of like this, this, like under the guise of protecting children where there's the culture war around like drag brunches and like, I, I won't even get into that now, but it's just such hysteria. Um, and, I'm just pretty horrified that this guy is, you know, he's already succeeded in banning 102 books. This is, um, a, you can read more. Uh, Judd Legume wrote this, um, article. I think it's, yeah, he wrote an article on it. He also tweeted about it. Um, and, uh, anyway, this is just, uh, a we see you to Bruce Friedman. Um, I'm very, uh, disappointed at his success so far and he will probably find more success before this is all over. We see you. Um, assuming you're done, I didn't mean to end your we see you. Oh, no, we see you. Sorry, I, I should have conclusively said we see you. <laughs> you're censoring like, me. Censorship, Censorship on this pod. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All righty. So, Brittany Griner is back, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, happy about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, so, my we see you is to the people who... <laughs> are out on the internet in a rage Mm -hmm. that we made the deal Mm -hmm. um, to exchange Brittany Griner for Victor Bout, the uh, famed terrorist Russian arms dealer, um, who I will say would sell arms to fucking anyone. Like, he would sell arms to both sides in the same conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, So... 
I mean, I think he's just an opportunistic shithead mm-hmm. who definitely has the capacity to do more damage. Um, he was serving a sentence that would have ended. Um, and, you know, Brittany Griner, I am very, very glad that she is, that she is back. People were, there were some people that were upset because she, she did commit a crime. And it's yeah. like, yeah, technically barely like the amount she had in her little cartridge wasn't enough to even like use. Right. Um, and the sentence she got far outweighed what that crime, you know, theoretically would get. Yeah. Um, and then there were people that were mad that it wasn't Paul Whelan. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, one, it's not like the grocery store where they can just be like, I want this one. I want them both back. Or I want this one back. It's like, right. you make the deal you can make is the impression right. I get. And it's harder to get, military can you know who were accused i'm not sure if convicted or just accused of espionage um it's harder to get them back than a civilian yep it's a different situation um so it's not like the i doubt the biden administration was like fuck paul whelan no we don't even care i'm sure they wanted to get him back too and joe biden has come out and said something uh, to that effect since then that he does want to get you know paul whelan returned Mm -hmm. home as well um but it just it's it struck me as a little racist yeah that people were so up in arms about this quote-unquote criminal coming back when our sweet baby boy paul is over there um Mm -hmm. and i'm down for paul to come back too but it's just i wonder if the races were reversed if then it would be like oh this dishonored marine who you know spied and committed these crimes they shouldn't come back we should have this innocent basketball player return you know Mm -hmm. um anyway i digress people should just be fucking glad that she's back and we see you to the haters who feel they should go on the internet and complain about the fact that she is home from a russian penal colony after spending 10 months over there yeah Um, because they've never made a single mistake in their lives yeah, right. See you. Oh, that's such a we see you. I was actually surprised there were some people who I wasn't expecting to sort of like be mm. vocal about this. And Ooh. like just like a couple of random, just a couple of people on Instagram who are like mm. only posting about like bright and shiny things like mm. usually were like, wait a second. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh, you're that kind of Christian. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Paul, fam- Paul Whelan's family released a very graceful like public statement that mm-hmm. was sort of like, we always understood that, you know, that this is a difficult process. We weren't expecting necessarily mm-hmm. for him to come home. We're glad that she- Brittany Griner is going home to mm-hmm. her family, you know, so that it's sort of like, which honestly, like they don't even have to do, but they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, very classy. Yeah. Um, ugh. Anyway, so yeah, that's just so that's disappointing. Um, it was like, of course. I mean, we're all human beings. It's certainly frustrating to see that they get an arms, a dangerous arms dealer back in exchange for Brittany Griner. Like that's just sad in like a humanity suffers kind of way. Mm-hmm. But it's way better that she's back. It speaks to our values as the United States. Like. We aren't relinquishing a basketball star from Russia in, re- you know, in response and getting a an arms dealer back to the U.S. Like it's very clear what our values are as a country um, in this moment um, mm-hmm. on the international stage and what theirs are. 
Um, yeah. And that can just speak for itself. Because what's Vladdy going to do with Victor? Like, what's... Oh, what are they going to do? Just what are they shit. up to? I don't know. Oh. I don't love it. Don't love it. Don't love it. Um... Yeah, okay. So Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Well, he can be a we see you for so many different reasons, but yesterday Ugh. he called for a grand jury investigation into alleged, quote, crimes and wrongdoings related to COVID-19 vaccines. Um, and he set up Florida's own Public Health Integrity Committee, which really sounds like the House for Un-American Activity ex- from the 1950s. Like, it just sounds like, uh, it sounds like a witch hunt, <laughs> to quote one of our favorites. <laughs> For some reason, that was the first first word coming up. <laughs> uh, it sounds austere, and it sounds like just an excuse to, um, like, exact Ron DeSantis's idea of public health on everyone. Public health integrity committee. Um, so yeah, uh, DeSantis said that it's going to be uh, aggressive action, um, and he held a roundtable dis- discussion with physicians, researchers, and victims of adverse events from mRNA vaccines. Um, anyway, and so, uh, yeah, it's this kind of, this talk about something that gives me like absolutely massive fatigue, any conversation around COVID I'm sort of like done with, even though I I know it's like, (laughs) we're not done with COVID. It's not done. Everything isn't done. I'm just fucking tired of it. And have been for quite a while. Yeah. And it's not an interesting conversation to me in any way for people to be like, well, we were wearing masks then and now we're not. And what's changed? It's like, I could give a shit. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> She's over it. I mean, and it's, not not that, it's not that I couldn't give a shit. It's just that like I, I, it has unraveled my understanding of what makes sense, of what mm-hmm. we should do. I don't have a strong opinion because I feel like we've got to live our lives and it's going to be, and it's very hard for people to like live in isolation or, or wear masks for as long as some people are asking, you know, whatever there's Mm -hmm. like, it's very hard and it's just like a very hard way to interact socially or whatever. And I don't know. I, I, it's been a very hard, it's, it's not a balance that I've done a particularly great job of striking recently. Um, but I, don't think any of that is made easier by cheap like culture war shots like um DeSantis is making and sowing distrust with the CDC. Um I think the CDC is fucked up like nine ways to Sunday, but um this is uh not helpful. Like I think we there are so many people trying to do their best work in this field of re- in COVID research and um there's still a lot we don't know. There's a lot that's like it's like research is <laughs> It's they're going as fast as they can to try to mm-hmm. understand this, um, and there's got to be some sort of respectful balance between like individual liberties and public health, and um, understanding that research changes. And um, I feel like none of that is ever captured. Um, DeSantis is just like on a roll, being kind of a dickhead, and um, I, yeah. And I think this is just the latest move that is loathsome. So we see you, Ron DeSantis. We see you. He is. <laughs> hell on earth i <laughs> do not want to see what he has in store no um, nor i no thank you <laughs> return to sender we're done um okay this last one going over to renton oh, washington renton washington what's going on over there yeah um so the renton brewery brewmasters tap room so they have a drag queen story hour um 
And as we know, people have been um, coming for the drag queens and the drag queen story hours, um, like hateful uh, right wing bigots um, who are confused about everything. Um, And so there's been this ongoing drag queen story hour at this brewery. And apparently there are these social media trolls, far right wing um, that have an account called wake up wa state. And when they found out about this um, drag queen story hour, they were posting all about it. They were planning protests, all kinds of shit. Um, And someone actually fired a gun, fired a shot into the brewery. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. So it's a very, I mean, I shouldn't assume that they're, you know, Trump fans. Uh, Um, But so often we can kind of trace all of this back mm -hmm. (laughs) to the emboldenment that that fucking asshole idiot um, put forth. But there are some, there's some really dangerous, hateful rhetoric and action um, out there against drag queens right now. And of course there have always been, um, bigots and people who are, you know, violent, hateful shitheads when it comes to drag queens and all all manner of people. But lately, there is just this this streak of it, um, and it's really scary. And it's you know, mm-hmm. drag queens aren't anything new. Right, drag has been around for a very, very long time. Um, there's nothing even inherently sexual about it. No, but. No people far right gets very worked up over it Mm -hmm. um for no fucking good reason uh literally does no harm to anyone and why are you so bothered Um, (laughs) why indeed why but like why and like oftentimes these drag queen story hours they're usually like for kids to come and read stories and the kids have a wonderful time and it's like a very lovely thing yeah um and you guys usually care so much about children like why why are you coming for their story hour? You say you love the, the kids and the babies so much. Yeah. Why are you taking their stories? Um, but really, it's just this—it's this disgusting, um, disgusting response to their perception of what woke culture is. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, it's just like human beings doing like a lovely thing for children. And why do you have your panties in a twist about their costumes? And their personas let them live um so we see you oh we see you we see you uh my latest we see you <laughs> is uh people who are like basically pro william and kate and aunt like auntie Harry and Megan. Oh my, I am so glad you're doing this. I have been so irritated at the response to the documentary. Like, fucking people. Oh my God. It's honestly, I don't even think I can do the other side justice because they have absolutely nothing. Um, Even people who are royalists, like who have worked at the Daily Mail and worked at the Sun, Mm -hmm. other British tabloids have said, and they don't even know when they're saying it, but they've, they've, conceded that there is the agreement between like the households Kensington Palace and all the other households in the um, royal family and the royal rota which is like all those press outlets in the UK that 
be- take make a lot of money off of covering the royal family, mm-hmm. ha- were told like in this agreement you lay off of Will and Kate and you can you know do whatever basically with uh, uh, Harry and Meghan. And uh, Carrie has a quote from I think next the ne- the one that's coming out the volume that's coming out tomorrow mm. when this is released <laughs> where he's like they were willing to lie to protect Will and Kate and they weren't willing to just tell the truth to protect us. Mm-hmm. Um. There's like, I mean, it's just so damning so far. Like they're not going after the Royal family. They're going after the press, but the Royal family ends up looking really bad. Um, And I just think that like, and and apparently like there was a, there's gossip that William told friends his relationship with Harry is quote over. And I think that just makes Will, William look shitty and petty and small and bumbling Mm -hmm. and ill-equipped for the role that's coming his way after Charles. Um, and I just don't really understand, like Megan and Harry faced racism and she faced sexism and just like brutal attacks on her character that are totally unfounded. Um, and from the documentary and I get it, it's made, it's produced by them. They're going to make themselves look good. But like, she was always living her own life. She was independent. Mm -hmm. She was doing her own thing. And she was quiet for a a large part of being a part of the royal family and she's basically it seems like they're stepping out because they want to defend themselves and their character and their lives and their family and their future and like i just don't uh i don't see it i don't think there's any reasonable criticism of them and then it's it's even hypocritical to be like oh we want them to go away just shut up live their lives if they've stepped away they've stepped away it's like well they've stepped away but you won't leave them alone they've mm-hmm. stepped away but you know they don't get any security coverage when they do go back to the UK. And this is like, you know, they've stepped away, but like, they're never going to step, they're never going to be able to be released from this sort of like toxic relationship with the press. And they're working hard to just like raise awareness to Mm -hmm. soothe the press for things that they've done. And then on top of all of that, Harry's working like working against trauma because his mother died at the hands of the paparazzi quite Mm -hmm. literally. So like, he doesn't want that to happen to his wife. Um, it all makes fucking sense to me. I don't know what anyone else's problem is. I thank you. I, yep. Yep. (laughs) I was just like flabbergasted. Like I know there's always going to be those, those, those Brits who are just like so anti them, but it's just, it's such blatant like racism and weirdness and so many more people are like against them. Um, it's it's so it's so bizarre to me it's, it's like, why so are you, like bizarre. they didn't do anything wrong like they're just living their lives oh it doesn't what? make any sense Mm-mm. not here for it good things good things um we have the respect for marriage act has been signed into law <laughs> um which mandates federal recognition for same-sex marriages um which is very uh, exciting and interracial marriages will be protected as well. Um, So this is, I mean, the fact that this needs to be done, that there is a question (laughs) of the uh, safety for these institutions is a little scary, but um, I'm glad that we're not going to knock on wood to see something like with Roe. Yeah. Because we've gone ahead and, you know, sign this, sign this one in. 
Lock so, in those rights. Lock them in. Love to see them locked in. <laughs> locked in as much as anything can be, you know. Oh, uh, but <laughs> they use they use the big pen. Um, oh so God. it's it's good. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> I love when we have like good things that are folded in with just like an innate acknowledgement that everything is bad. <laughs> everything is paid. Although maybe uh, the, the other good thing I had on my on the docket was the breakthrough in nuclear fusion experiments, which could contribute to a clean energy future. Um, that's cool. Obviously, I can't explain the science, so like, don't ask me to. Don't ask me. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's cool. It could maybe um, like help with nuclear waste and carbon emissions. Um, Yay! We love to hear it. We love to hear it. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, that wraps it up for us. Feminists Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts.